This is the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast for Thursday, May 5th. Chuck Zada and Mark Schofield here, along with Dave Archibald from Inside the Pylon as well. We brought Dave in because we're talking about DBs today. Uh, we had broken down quarterbacks in the uh, on the podcast yesterday with Mark filling us in on a lot of the picks that we saw at that position. Today we turn to the defensive backs, and uh, none better than our own Dave Archibald to go through there. Dave, good to have you here. Great to be on. Thanks, guys. Let's uh, let's start just uh, right at the top. Uh, you know, first round picks, starting first with Jalen Ramsey. Not surprising that he went in the top five. Are you a little bit surprised that he fell that far, actually, to the Jaguars? Well, I think no one really knew what San Diego was going to do. And then when they took Joey Bosa, that kind of set up the dominoes for Ramsey to be there at five. Um, with Jacksonville, they run that, uh, Seattle scheme, Gus Bradley, former, uh, Seahawks defensive coordinator is now the head coach there. And, uh, Ramsey's a great fit as, you know, one of those long press corners. He's got really long arms. He's got good deep speed. He's uh, a great fit there. I think what'll be interesting to see Ramsey's got those skills to play inside too, and in more of a safety role. Do the Jaguars use him a little bit like that, or is it just strictly an outside corner position? Dave, the next cornerback that came off the board was pretty surprising, and that was Eli Apple um, from Ohio State going to the Giants at the 10th selection. Did you see that coming, and where and how does Apple fit into what the Giants do on defense? Well, I think Apple surprised a lot of people, but it makes sense from the standpoint the the Giants have – you know, some size requirements and Vernon Hargreaves, who most people had the number two corner on the board. He's a little shorter than you'd like. He has a little shorter arms. Apple is a, uh, you know, one of those big, long press corners. He can play that press scheme. He played in, uh, you know, a pretty complex defense at Ohio State. I think most people had him as a first rounder. I think most people were a little surprised that he went that high, but this wasn't a great draft for those long press corners and so I think you saw all of them go a little higher than expected I mean that's what's hot around the league right now and Apple certainly fits the bill Dave looking at uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, took a cornerback Artie Burns in the first round couple questions here the first being uh, whether or not that is a fit for Burns's talent level the second being we've heard from just about everyone in the month leading up to the draft the Steelers never take a cornerback high because they don't value the position and then they went out and took a first round corner what is going on here well not not only did they take a first round corner they then turned around and took another corner <laughs> in the second round yep. Sean Davis out of Maryland so Definitely a changing of the guard there in Pittsburgh. I mean, for years and years, they've run that Dick LeBeau 3-4 fire zone defense where you really didn't need a lot out of the corners. They were playing in a zone scheme. You didn't need the most advanced talent. Uh, You didn't need those lockdown man-to-man guys. But now I think we see the changing of the guard. I think it's Keith Butler's second year there, and uh, things are changing in the Steel City. So... Burns and Davis are both bigger guys, uh, really good athletes. Burns was also a track star at Miami. Sean Davis had one of the best combines of any defensive back. I think he had the best three-cone time of any of the corners. 
Both those guys are pretty big. I felt like both of them were a little inconsistent on tape. I saw some things I really liked from both guys. They also both had some games where they got picked on. So they're going to need to improve their technique and consistency. But it really interesting change of direction from where the Steelers have been for the last decade or more. At the top of the second round, the Dolphins might have tried to grab one of those longer type corners and when they reached for uh, Baylor cornerback Xavier Howard. What can you tell us about Howard? Howard was a guy that I was not a big fan of on tape. He's he's tall. He's six feet tall. But his arms really aren't that long. I, I think his press technique is pretty good, but he, he only ran about a 4 six forty. And that really shows up on tape. You saw him get beat deep a lot. Uh, sometimes he he showed good ball skills. I, I think there's some stuff to work with there. I know he's got advocates. Greg Cosell is a big fan of his game, but I didn't really see it. Um, I think Miami is another team that's looking for these press guys, and they're hoping that Howard fits the bill. At least they have some good safeties there with Rashad Jones. Maybe they can give him enough help to... Uh, keep his uh, deficiencies from hurting the team. Dave, in terms of as you uh, continue to go down through this draft, uh, what picks stood out to you? I guess let's let's start just kind of on day two here. Anything surprising to you in terms of either players that you thought were reaches there or scheme fits that don't quite match up with what you saw on tape? A couple interesting picks towards the end of round two. One is the Saints drafting Von Bell out of Ohio State. I don't think anyone's surprised that Von uh, Von Bell went where he did. He's a good player. He's a solid all-around safety. Gives you some in the run game, some man-to-man defense, some deep zone coverage. But the Saints is a kind of a curious fit because they just drafted Kenny Vaccaro in the first round a couple of years ago. They're paying big money to Jairus Bird. So the question is, does Bell, is he fitting in three safety sets that they did some with Raphael Bush in the past, or is he going to be displacing one of those other guys ultimately? I thought that was an interesting move. Uh, The other move that was interesting, right after that, the Panthers selected James James Bradbury, who's another one of these long, tall corners. He actually played at Samford, a small school there. And uh, obviously with Josh Norman gone, the Panthers had a need at cornerback. I was a little surprised the direction they went there. They've gotten a lot of production out of smaller guys, guys who aren't necessarily the most physically talented guys in the world. And Bradbury's really kind of a, a guy that I projected as sort of a Seattle type scheme. He's uh, six foot one. He ran a a good 40 at 4.5. He's got 33 and 3 eighths inch arms, so big wingspan. Um, an interesting fit there in their zone scheme, and I think it says that they really want someone who can give them what Norman had. And then in the third round, they go and they take another long corner, Daryl Worley out of Virginia, who is someone I, I didn't get a chance to do much tape on, but he's another guy who's six foot one, big, long guy, who you would think would project more into a Seattle-type zone scheme. So that was interesting from the Panthers, who are primarily a zone defense, a lot of cover, too. 
I want to talk to you for a minute about the two first-round safeties, Carl Joseph, who's out of West Virginia, taken by the Raiders, and Keanu Neal from Florida, taken by the Falcons. What do those two, what do those two players do well? Were you surprised to see safeties come off the board in the first round? And what are those, those two players, and how do they fit into their respective teams? Well, I think every year it seems like the uh, – the pundits aren't projecting safeties to go in the first round and every year more safeties go in the first round than they expect. Uh, Joseph is one of the most fun guys to watch in this whole draft. I don't know if you guys have done any highlight films on him. I, I put up a ball skills video on our YouTube channel. It was just a ton of fun to put together. I mean, that guy, he flies around. He's got the range to play single high safety He makes plays in man-to-man. He's got great ball skills, terrific hands. He's only about 5'10", 200, but he flies around like a missile and can hit guys. The the downside with him is he can be a little bit out of control. There was a game, uh, I think it was against Texas in 2014, where he had some bad whiffs on run plays in the open field because he was charging out there out of control, led to huge gains or long touchdown runs. I think in Oakland there, paired with a steady veteran safety and Reggie Nelson, that's going to be a great fit for him. You know, let the veteran kind of man the back end and let Joseph fly around and make plays until they can smooth out some of those rough edges. Dave, I don't know if you've done any uh, research on this, but it seems to me that we are seeing uh, a larger number of cornerbacks uh, that are taller. You mentioned seeing a number of guys in that six foot, six one, six two range. Is that something that you've tracked at all, or do we have any data on that? It just seems anecdotally that there are more, but I may just be uh, you know, kind of grasping at straws here. I mean, that's my impression anecdotally too, but I haven't done kind of a study as to whether there are more tall guys being drafted now than there were five or ten years ago. It certainly seems that way. And when you look at the last you know, few Super Bowl champions, you've got the Seahawks, obviously, with Sherman and those big guys, you get the Patriots uh, with Revis and Browner, who are big guys. And then last year you had uh, um, Aqib Tlaib on the Broncos. So it's a copycat league. It's no surprise that teams are pursuing those guys. But I haven't done any study on that. Speaking of a bigger guy, Justin Simmons, the safety slash corner, he played some corner at Boston College, comes off the board to close out the third round to the Broncos. Were you surprised to see Simmons come, come off there? I wasn't. He he had a really good combine. He actually had the best, I, th- I believe he had the best three-cone three time of any player at any position, um, which, I, I mean, that's an extraordinary mark considering Simmons isn't a small dude at all. Um, he had pretty good tape. He played in a bunch of different roles. I, I didn't necessarily see that kind of athleticism on tape, but uh, I, I thought he he was a nice pick there at the end of the third round. He can do some different things, and he can, uh, you know, he's got some upside with that athletic ability. Another safety that people were kind of high on, at least I don't want to say during the draft process itself, but back during the season, was Clemson's Jaron Curse, uh, bigger uh, safety type, 6'4", 216 at the combine. He fell all the way to the seventh round. How much tape did you watch on him, and what, what were your thoughts coming away from doing your eval on him? 
he was an interesting guy to watch on film. I I know Mark, you followed the draft Twitter uh, folks, yeah. and they were yeah. not fans of Curse's tape. Um, sometimes it kind of looked like he was. You hate to say this, but it kind of looked like he was making some business decisions right. in the open field, which is not what you want to see from your, uh, from, especially from the safety. You know, uh, I I was kind of intrigued by him in a specific role, which was uh, he. They played him on press in press coverage a lot on slot receivers and tight ends, and he's got you know he's six four. He's got long arms. He looked really effective in that role, and I kind of thought as a guy who could match up maybe to some of the receiving type tight ends, he might be an intriguing option, at least in a situational role, even if you couldn't develop him as an every down strong safety. I mean, do you think that might be the best path for him sticking with Mike Zimmer, uses him kind of, you know, nickel, dime, just to get a body on some of the bigger guys that might go up against in the NFC North? Uh, maybe. And, you know, Zimmer, Zimmer loves those long guys. I mean, they have Xavier Rhodes and Trey Wayne's out of Michigan state last year. So, uh, they, they run that press scheme. Uh, there's a chance that that works out. I mean, the seventh round, so it's kind of a long shot, but. Speaking of draft Twitter, there was a player that everybody really liked and that was Jeremy Cash, the Duke safety who we've talked about on this podcast, Falls all the way out of the draft. He gets picked up by the Panthers, another team that you've already talked about. Do you think Cash has a chance to stick in Carolina? And if so, what role would he be best suited for? Whenever you have a guy like that who is projected as, you know, you're in third round, maybe even second round, and he falls out of the draft, you don't know whether there's something else going on, an injury or some sort of off-the-field issue. I haven't heard anything like that. I know he was dinged up at the end of the year, and uh, I don't think he did any drills at the Combine, but as far as I know, he's healthy. Um, Cash is an interesting guy. I mean, we talked about this before. I think uh, it's a little tough to find a fit with him because he kind of plays that safety slash linebacker role. He, He really played a linebacker role at Duke at about 215 pounds, and when you look around the league, the teams that are doing that already have someone like that because they just started doing that. So, right. you know, who is looking for someone like that? Nobody said to replace one of those guys yet. So I, I'm, I don't know what to, what to think as far as his, I, you know, I, I did that second and third day fits and I was trying to find a home for Jeremy Cash in there because he has such a unique skill set. I, I love his, I ranked him as my number one run defense safety and my number one blitzing safety. So you'd like to think someone can make use of that. But it was kind of hard to find a home for him. Uh, but, you know, Carolina, they have Shaq Thompson. He sort of fits that mold. Maybe they feel like Cash can contribute on special teams and maybe he can uh, grow into sort of a defensive role. But yeah, an undrafted guy, you, it's always a shot in the dark. Bill Belichick always throws out some possibly and potentially head-scratching decisions. I mean, he drafted Jacoby Brissett. They drafted Vincent Valentine, a defensive tackle that nobody had really even had on the, their radar. But he also drafted Cyrus Jones, the cornerback from Alabama, in the second round with the Patriots' first selection in the draft. What were your thoughts on Jones? I really like Jones on tape. He's a little bit shorter than teams would like at uh, just a hair under 5'10". But, you know, I wrote an article recently about uh, – 
the Panthers and Josh Norman and uh, the Patriots and Chandler Jones. And one of the things that came up in there was a quote from Belichick that says he likes to be an outlier. He likes to zig when other teams are zagging. So this is a classic Belichick move. Everyone else is looking for the six foot one corners. Who does he got a guy who's under 5'10", who played at a really good program, obviously very well coached under Nick Saban, you know, a great defensive backs coach. Um, Jones has played inside and outside. He plays bigger than his size, I think. He has a really good press jam at the line. He had a really nice combine. He had a second or third best uh, three cone of any defensive back. He ran in the four fours and uh, he brings you big special teams value too. He had four punt returns for a touchdown last year. So I think it's a classic Belichick pick. I, I don't think he's a number one corner upside guy, but I think he's a pretty safe floor guy. And if he can play outside a little bit, then he can be a nice starting corner. At the very least, he's a slot guy and a special teams contributor. Dave, we got a couple minutes left here. Any last thoughts that we uh, that you have that we haven't touched on to this point? Oh, um, one guy Mark asked me about that I didn't get to was uh, Keanu Neal, the first round pick of the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, I think that surprised some people, but he was also a green room invitee. So clearly he was on some people's radar as a potential first round pick. Um, he's a big dude. He, uh, he is a classic strong safety body. But the interesting thing that I saw with Neil on tape was Florida used him as a deep safety a lot, even in one high shells. So he's got that zone coverage experience. I don't think he's a guy you're going to want to match up man-to-man on you know, slot receivers or the better receiving tight ends. But he's not a liability in coverage, and he can really hit people. So I think he's a nice uh, piece at strong safety for the Falcons. He can do some different things. He's not just a one-dimensional guy. Very good. Dave Archibald, appreciate you joining us today. Thanks, guys. Dave Archibald, Mark Schofield, Chuck Zada. That's all the time that we have for today on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. Tomorrow, I'm going to be talking a little bit about kickers and punters. Make sure you tune in tomorrow on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. <laughs>